especially for all of you faithful people. And nothing I know there's some people that couldn't make it and legitimate reasons. And, boy, I tell you what, if you were driving with my wife and I up here, you can understand why some people didn't want to get on the road today. I was a little bit nervous because she was driving. That's why. I was driving. Nah. I'm going to talk to you today about a couple of things that I, I, I just pray that the Lord just uses to encourage you today. I want to start with a little story of something I was reading about as I was preparing for this. Uh, years ago, there was a, an S-4 submarine that was uh, off the coast of Massachusetts, and, a, and it was in this accident where another ship rammed it, and it was so severe that it just sank. The submarine sank immediately. All of the people who were the crew of the ship were just trapped in this uh, chamber of death, really. They had nowhere to go. It was a very instantaneous thing, and, and there was really no way to react to it. So there was a huge effort was made to, uh, to recover them and to, and to rescue them, uh, which ultimately failed. Near the end of this ordeal, one of the people on the rescue team, uh, one of the deep-sea divers, was hearing something. And I had a little illustration that I wanted to play here for you. And this is what the diver heard. And they just kept hearing that sound. That, that pinging sound. He wasn't sure what it was, so he got closer to the ship. To the, to the submarine, the diver. And he kept hearing it. And although this is a little different, as he got closer and he was able to recognize it because of his training, he realized that the sounds he was hearing on those pings was actually Morse code. Someone inside the vessel was tapping out, and that was the sound that he was hearing. He was tapping out that a message in Morse code. And that's good. Thank you very much. And the message that was being tapped out as he was putting it together in his mind and he was listening very carefully, over and over the same message was, was being tapped out in Morse code. And the message was, is there any hope? Is there any hope? And that was what the person inside this vessel was wondering. Is there any hope? And I think that's the question that many people in our world ask today. You know, you can exist in this world uh, that we live in in our human bodies for, for many, many uh, days. In fact, many weeks without food. Your body, with rare exceptions, your body can actually sustain that in terms of not consuming food. You can actually live for several days, you know, depending, without water. You can, uh, you know, you can, you can live without a roof over your head, without clothes on your back, without transportation. You can even live in this world without the love of others. And I hope no one has to do that, but there are people that do. And, and I don't believe there are any in this fellowship that do. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank the Lord. But there are people who have to live, and who, but you can live without love. But here's the thing I really believe, that you can't live in this world without and that's hope. You, you cannot live in this world that we live in and all of the things that are going on without hope. You need hope to cope. 
How many people sometimes say, how am I going to cope with this situation? How am I going to deal with this situation? I can tell you, the first thing you need, the first thing you need is hope. You need hope that's different than what a lot of people in the world think it is. It's not, most of the people I encounter, I don't believe, have a complete understanding of what hope is. It's not wishful thinking. It's not something where you, you know, sort of sitting there and say, well, I hope this happens or I hope that happens. That's not the hope that I'm talking about. You don't need to be having wishful thinking about things that you hope happen in the future. You need hope now, right? You need hope today. You need hope in the morning. You need hope in the evening. You need hope before you go to bed, not because you're going to maybe die tonight, but because you have to get up and live tomorrow. That's why you need hope. And hope is another thing that is confused many times with optimism. I don't know if you have done that, but optimism is not the hope that I'm talking about here today. I would even say hope is not optimism at all. Optimism is something that you have, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with optimism, okay, being optimistic. Not at all. But optimism is a trust in yourself. Hope The true hope that I'm talking about here and sharing with you today is a trust in God. Optimism is what you think that you can do, what I think I can do. I'm optimistic about that. Hope is what you think God can do. That's what you know God can do. That's hope. Optimism is like positive thinking, which again, I'm not you're criticizing optimism. But that's what it is. It's positive thinking. God and the hope that he gives us is permanent trust. Think about that just for a minute. Permanent trust. Optimism says like, oh, okay, look, the sun will come out tomorrow. Uh, everything's going to get better. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Things are going to improve. It's not as bad as we think it is. Sometimes optimism tells us to even ignore the fact that some of the stuff in your life is not going so well right now. You know, these positive thinkers, again, I'm not criticizing any of this, but people that just motivational speakers, positive reinforcement, all that. In fact, I do some of that. I, I speak those kind of positive words in, in, in my life. But it's not the same as the hope that you have as a Christ follower. So we don't want to ignore the things that are going on in our life that may not be going so well. See, hope, true hope, never does that. Hope assesses and accepts the reality of our lives. It says, yeah, okay, our circumstances right now are not so good, or my personal circumstances aren't so good, my family circumstances aren't so good. In fact, it looks pretty bleak right now. Things are just, as a matter of fact, I might even say, I don't know if things get any worse than they are right now. Have you ever been in that place? Where you just think maybe sometimes, I don't know if it could even get any worse than it is right now. True hope says this. True hope says, it may be that some people may think it couldn't get any worse for me right now, but I believe that God is going to bring me through this. I believe that God is in control. I believe I can trust in Him. That's true hope. That's Christian hope. Now, 2017 may have been a tough year for some of us, as 
you know, many of you could attest there have been some things that many people I look around, I see some faces now, and I know that there have been struggles. I know there have been things that have happened in your life that are difficult. It may be problems in your marriage, problems in your career or in your job, in your family, in the lives of your children. Maybe you're facing a health crisis. There are so many things. Maybe some of you have even had more than one of those things, and, and you may have felt at times that you're feeling a little hopeless. So where do you get real hope? Where do you get true hope? And what I want to tell you today is that you get it from the resurrected Son of the living God. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the hope of the world. As we sang here today, He alone is the hope of the world. Where the world will fail you, He will never fail you. Where the world will let you down, He will bring you through. And even though your circumstances may look bleak, and may look in a place where you're saying, I don't know if it can get any worse. That's when God shows up and does miraculous things in your life. He does that. I'm not saying that because it's something I believe and I'm just up here to say. He's done that for me. I'm testifying today. That's my testimony today. So why do we need hope? Why is it important? I'll tell you why. Because we live in a broken world. Does anybody agree with that? This world we live in is broken, and it doesn't take long for you to realize that. Turn on the news and watch it for 30 minutes. Turn on the news and watch it for 30 seconds, and you know we live in a broken world. That's just the way it is. That's why we need hope. Nothing works perfectly in this world. It just doesn't because it's broken. You know, we were, Patsy was praying about this today, and it just was so... I don't want to get into too much of this, but, I mean, honestly, if, if you don't think we live in a broken world, what is the deal that people can't get along with each other? I'm not talking about agree on everything now. That's okay. You can have differences of opinion. You can have disagreements, but you can be civil about it. You can be appropriate about it. You can be loving about it. What's the deal with people not being able to get along with one another? Brokenness. This world's broken, that's why. It's not because of any other other esoteric or theoretical thing you could talk about. It comes right down to the fact that this world's broken. Financial economy of this world's broken. It goes up and there's prosperous times. It goes down into recession. Sometimes in 2008 it collapses and people lose everything that they had. That's hard. That's tough. Because the world's broken. Does anybody think that the weather in this world works perfectly? (laughs) I don't mean to cast any, uh, I'm not trying to, to, to minimize that at all. But but I will say that if you've been here in this area in the last few weeks, you know the weather doesn't work perfectly. If you came to church here today, you know the weather doesn't work perfectly, right? Broken world. It's a broken world. Broken relationships that we have to deal with. Things that we have at our work, in our family, with our children, our friends, our marriage. How many people are married today? Raise your hand. Okay. How many people have a perfect marriage? Raise your hand. Thank you. Again, I'm not saying that there's a difference between having a great, a good marriage and a wonderful marriage under the grace of God. I ask you if you had a perfect marriage. 
Now, Christina always reminds me that we do, and she gives me all the credit for that, and I appreciate that because, you know, come on. <laughs> now, the thing is, is that we're, 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 we're in an imperfect world, and, and part of those things, many of those things, is simply because it's a broken world. I could mention many others. I won't, but nothing is perfect in this world. Do you know why we live in a broken world? You know why we live in a broken world? It's because of sin has taken this planet and gotten it out of sync with what God wants for it. It's that simple. From the fall and at that moment, sin is the brokenness that we experience in all of these things that I've just discussed with you. So why do we need hope? It's because we live in a broken world. Brokenness all around us. We see it all around us every day. The challenges of it in our own personal lives and in the lives of our family and friends. We see it. One of the reasons that people are so hopeless today is because they put their hope in all the wrong things. All the wrong things. The things that, that, that aren't mattering in the overall economy of God. They put their hope in the wrong things. So if you put your hope in what neighborhood you live in or what car you drive or what kind of uh, designer clothes you might. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a nice house, a nice car, and nice clothes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But if that's where your hope is, if that's where your priority is, if that's where your emphasis and your focus is, you're looking for hope in all the wrong places. All the wrong places. That's not where it is. I would even say if it's position, possessions, privilege, power, or popularity, any of those things. If you're looking for hope in those things. Every single one of those, bar none, will disappoint you. It'll disappoint you. You will not be satisfied in the outcome if you put your hope in those things. You've got to put your hope in something that isn't something that changes. You want to put your hope in something in that area of your life that something is never going to change. That's God's love for you. God's love for you never changes. Say that with me. Never changes. It's never going to stop. It's never going to change. You can't turn it off like a water spigot. You can't do that. God's love is pursuing you all the time, 24-7, every moment, 365, He's pursuing you with His love. And that doesn't change. I think we sang a song about that. Or I was singing it on the way over here today. I don't think we did it this morning. Your love never changes. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning, is the words of that song. But your love never changes. Hope is not an earthly thing. It is an eternal thing. I want to say that again. I want you to listen to that very carefully. Hope... The hope that we need, the hope that we seek, the hope that we want is not an earthly thing. Hope is an eternal thing. Say that, an eternal thing. That's what true hope is. Let me let you look at a, a little video here just for a moment that was done at a school.
These are middle school students. makes me a little emotional here because I, I just see these kids, you know, and, and I know how important hope is to live in this world. Like I said, you can live a lot, a lot of things for a little bit of time, food and water and many other things, but everybody needs hope. Everybody needs hope, and that's what they're asking. What is your hope? What were, what were their hope? Write it on the board, and you saw some of their answers. Hope is such an important part of our Christ walk. It is an essential part of that. Hope is an eternity of heaven one day. Hope that we have is that God hears our prayers and he answers our prayers. We can have that hope because the word of God says it, that he hears us. And if he hears us, he answers us. I was thinking, what if hope was unnecessary? What if we could just look up and just realize that, man, that's heaven. Okay, wow, look at that. That's awesome. Man, I know, I see it right there, and I can physically see it. What if we never had to go through difficult times? What if we never had challenges in our life? What if we never had to go through something that required us to exercise our faith through prayer and believing? What would happen if we didn't have to do that? Where would we be in our relationship with Christ? If we didn't have to rely on Him. See, without hope, we can never fully trust in God with all of our hearts. Let me just say that again. Without hope, without true hope, without Christian hope, we can never fully trust in God with all of our hearts. We have to have that hope. That eternal, that's an eternal thing, not an earthly thing. Word of God has a lot to say about hope. And it has a lot to say, a whole lot more than I can ever say here. I'm going to run through some of these very quickly, but I want you to know this. If you ever hear another Sunday, well, Pastor Billy's going to be speaking about hope. And you say, oh, well, I heard that sermon. No, you didn't. (laughs) Because there's about six, there's probably a lot more than that. I was thinking about it uh, just yesterday when I was reading over this again. There's about six sermons easily out of just what I was looking at for this that you could come and talk about from the Word of God all that is said. I encourage you to go do that. Just do a word search and go look and just see what the Word of God says about hope, about hope in our lives and how important it is. But there's a few things I want to touch on. One is this. Hope is confidence. Hope is confidence. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Jesus Christ, we no longer as believers have to worry about the shame of our sins. How many people have ever experienced shame in their life or felt it in one way or another? That's the enemy trying to bring you down. You see, we don't have to do that because we can be confident, confident that the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary paid the price And that that shame is forever removed as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't even recognize it. What shame? Why are you ashamed, he'd say. There's no shame here. 
You can be confident of that confident of that because you know your sins are forgiven. In Psalms 25.3 it says this, No one, no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. How about that? That's why we want to put our hope in Him because we can be confident that we don't have to live with guilt and with shame and all those things. He's taken care of that for us. He canceled it. Canceled it all. Hope is security. Now, we have a security system. We own a, a preschool, an early learning center, and, and we have security, man. Like, I mean, a secure thing that you have to put your hand on to, to get in the door. We've got alarms on the gates on our playground, so if somebody opens that, it makes this enormously loud alarm sound. Uh, we've got security protocols. We've got all kinds of different things that we do. Security is a big deal to people in this world. Would you not agree? Security is a big deal to you. If you don't believe that, tell me what the world would be like if we didn't have police. Tell me what the world would be like if we didn't have the best military in the, in the world protecting our nation. What if we didn't have all of the other apparatuses of things that protect us? That's security. We have cyber security, homeland security, internet security. There's security makes up a multi, multi-billion dollar industry every year. And that doesn't include the military. If you added that in there, it would be hundreds of billions of dollars. Security is a big deal. The Word of God says this in Job eleven eighteen, And you will feel secure because there is, because there is hope. You will look around and take rest in security. How many people want to feel safe? How many people just want to feel safe sometimes? You can look around because hope is security. You can feel secure because there's hope, and you can look around and just rest and be secure. Amen. That's powerful, powerful things. Our present, as we live here now, and our future are secure in Him. It's secure in Him. Hope also produces goodness. The favor of God, I believe this from the bottom of my heart, the favor of God rests upon those who put their hope in Him. I don't think that's, I have to believe it. I think it's absolutely biblical and scriptural. But think about that just for a If you put your hope in Him, the favor of God is going to rest upon you. And it says in Lamentations 3.25, if you haven't had a chance to read Lamentations, a lot of people, man, there's some good stuff. Jeremiah is a pretty smart guy. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. Do you know that when you seek God, He shows up? Do you know that when you seek Him, Jeremiah actually said also, do you know that you, when you seek Him with all of your heart, Jeremiah 29, 13, you will find Him when you seek Him with all of your heart. So to the one who seeks Him, you can count on the Lord is going to be good if you have your hope in Him and if you seek Him. That's going to produce goodness in your life. Hope also facilitates praise. Praise to God. How many people want to praise God today? Huh? Come on, let's praise Him. Just for who He is. In the darkest hours, in the deepest pain, in the biggest storm, whatever it is that we're going through, we as believers have hope. We have hope. We 
praise Him when everything around us is going right down the toilet. And I am sorry to use such terrible language there. But when everything around us is just going all awry, we know we can praise Him because we're not hopeless, we are hopeful in Him. We have hope. Our hope in God reveals that He is in control. And when we do that, we're recognizing, we're trusting that He is in control and that He is going to work everything around us. All of those things that we may see as being not so good or not going so well, He's going to work that to our good. To our good. That's what He does. That's the God that He is. So, it says Psalm 71, 14 here. As for me... I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. Say that. I will praise you more and more. I will praise you more and more. I will praise you more and more. More and more. Not more and less. Not the same. I'm going to praise you more and more and more, God. Because my hope, I've got my hope. In you, that allows me, that facilitates praise. Hope brings eternal value. That's what I was talking about before. It's not an earthly thing, it's an eternal thing. No matter what's going on, there's a future hope in Jesus Christ. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you think, and there's an alternative to that too. There's a future hope in Jesus Christ. When you put your trust in Him... He's not only working here in the present, but He is working out your destiny and your place in God's kingdom. The kingdom of God actually lives in us today, the Word of God teaches us. We are the kingdom of God, amen? The kingdom of God is here, but there is also, that's a present, that's an internal kingdom of God, that's an internal thing, that's an unseen thing. There's a day coming that it's going to be external and it's going to be real just like this building we're in right now. Just like, I believe it's just like this is here right now. There's going to be an external kingdom of God, a visible kingdom of God, if you will. That's the consummation when Jesus comes back to this earth. And for those of you who maybe don't believe that, it's important that you do because the kingdom of God not only is something that we can have now, but that hope that I'm talking about is in that future kingdom of God that's coming. And I believe personally that it's coming a lot sooner. With everything that's happening, I believe these days are the last days. I do. I do. I really do. I think there's an urgency to that. But there's an eternal value that hope brings even when and we've had people in our fellowship here that we've that we've sent on to promotion, and that have that have uh, that have gone to sleep, as the apostle Paul said. You know what's cool about that? When I, when I first read that, I'm like, what does he mean going to sleep? When I was a little kid, going to sleep, going to sleep, <laughs> confused me a little bit. I was probably my son's age now when I was thinking that. But then I started thinking about it later on. It's like, well, here's the reason it's sleep because you're going to wake up. Sleep is a temporary thing. When you go to sleep, you also, you wake up. Well, guess what? That day's coming for those who are asleep in Him. Amen? So, but we've lost some folks here, but guess what? We know because of our hope. Because of our hope. We know where they are today. That is a, 
That is, that's eternal value that hope brings, that peace, that comfort, that, that joy, really, when you can celebrate. I remember Sister Irma's, uh, uh, precious Irma. That was, now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go off on the side here for just a moment. If I happen to pass away before any of you guys do, don't cry any tears for me because you know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in a better place. But please make my, uh, my uh, celebration of life like that one. <laughs> That was a praise fest. There wasn't any sorrow or sadness. There was a little bit of, well, I'm going to miss her a little bit. But that was a glory to God. She's in heaven right now. That's the way it ought to be. Because that's the way it is. See, that's our hope. That's our hope. Then hope is certainty. And boy, this is the most, this is the last point here. Hope is certainty. I want to tell you a quick story about my grandmother. My mom's mother, wherever she might be, where she is right there matriarch of our family for many, many years. Nana, we called her. And Nana, when I was a little boy, was teaching me about a lot of things to do with the Lord. If she was speaking about anything, it was about the Lord. <laughs> I can tell you. There were many other topics that occupied her, her mind, which is great. But she taught me about heaven. And the way she taught me as a little boy, she was telling me little metaphors or things. Like, okay, you know, the streets of gold. I'm like, streets of gold? That's a lot of gold, Nana early gates, you know, all of the things, mansions on a hilltop, all of those things are wonderful. The one thing she taught me and, and used to explain to me about heaven was about the golf courses in heaven. Now, my nana taught me how to play golf. My nana and my papa taught me when I was eight years old, they took me on my first golf course, and they had to be, like, miserable because they were dragging me around trying to teach me, and I couldn't hit the side of a barn. But they taught me to play, and then we wound up playing many, many times over the years. I don't even know how many times, dozens of times, maybe even hundreds of times, that we played golf together. That was the thing they did. That was their exercise. That was their time together. They fellowship with other people. They loved to play golf. And so golf was an important part of our life, so we would talk about it. And she said, now, Billy, Heaven's golf courses are the best in the world. She's from South Carolina, so I'm trying to do my best South Carolina accent. Dear's golf courses are the best in the world. All the greens there. They're perfectly smooth. When you putt the ball, it's going to go exactly where you aim it. The fairways are going to be, they're going to be plush and green, and they're going to be beautiful. Like, when you take a divot, you'll look down, and that divot will be gone. Now, I don't know if any of you play golf. Divot is when you take a swing with a golf club, and you hit the ball, and it takes a big chunk of grass out of the ground. That's a divot. So what she was saying is, so you hit that ball. She told me just like, you hit that ball, and you'll look up there and see where that ball is going, and you'll look back down, and that divot will be gone. That divot will be green. Now, again, she's trying to explain heaven to a little boy. But this is the thing about it. She would always tell me these stories about heaven. But the one thing, and I'll never forget it as long as I live, and every time I think about it, it just makes me feel a, a strong emotion and a thankfulness to God for what she spoke into my life all of those years. But she would say this, but heaven, Billy, that's our hope. That's our hope. And in those three simple words, or a contraction in two words, whatever it is, that's our hope. See, hope is certainty in our lives that we are around in the lives that we live in, that the lives of the world is uncertainty. It's all uncertain. Hope gives us certainty. The place that God has prepared for us is hope. We hope in that. 
says, in my Father's house there are many rooms, Jesus said. I go to prepare a place for you in John 14. He laid it all out. And he laid it out in a way that let us know it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And if I'm doing all that, I'm coming back to get you. That's what he said. That's the way Billy said it. He said it a little more eloquently than that. But that's what he promised us. In Hebrews 6.19, and I love the amplified version of this, it says this. Now, we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it. A hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. The very certainty of being in the presence of Almighty God. And the certainty of being in the most holiest place that you can be. Behind the veil, he's describing. That holy place of the presence of Almighty God. That is the certainty that we can have in our hope if we put it in Him. That certainty that we will be in the presence of the holy, almighty, awesome, unbelievable God that we serve. Boy, if you're not excited about that, I can't get you excited about anything. That's something that I hasn't seen here, hasn't heard. Nobody can imagine the things that he's got ready for us. Because he's a good God with good intentions, and he wants to pour out that favor on you today. Today. Because there's hope in trusting him. There's hope in living for him. There's hope in everything that we do for him. Where do you get it? Where do you get this hope? I'll tell you where I get it. I get it from the resurrected Son of the living God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's where I get my hope from. His name is Jesus. I get my hope in the person of Jesus Christ. My hope is found in Jesus because he overcome the world. He said, I have overcome the world, John 16, 33. That's what he said. He's overcome the world. My hope is in the guy that overcame the world. That's who I'm with. That's who I want to be with. My hope is in salvation. Oh, man, the fact that I'm saved and nothing else. My hope is in salvation that can be found in none other but the person of Jesus Christ. No other name, no other name is given among men whereby we can be saved Acts 4.12. No other person but Jesus. That's where my hope is. I can tell you this. My hope is in him because I can be confident in him. I can be secure in him. I can have the fact that I know that hope in Jesus Christ brings eternal value and certainty into my life. Certainty into my destiny. Certainty into my future. And certainty in a life spent in the presence of Almighty God. Amen. Because it's not about position or possessions or privilege or power or popularity. It's about being hopeful in the fact that Jesus Christ is the risen Son of God. That's what it is. It's hopeful in that one thing alone. He's the cornerstone. My hope is built on nothing less in Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's who we hope in today. Bow your heads just for a moment. 
I just want to ask everybody here, if you have, if you have anything in your life, and if you would just stand with me, please, right now, as Rob comes. If you have anything in your life, whatever it is that you're facing, it doesn't matter. That is, that is dulling, or that is, that is bringing something that is not allowing you to have that 100% hope in Him. I'm going to ask you to resolve that today. That when